1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Sissoko finally waited. Erickson, low, great right ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Debson Sanchez, Lucas Mora. And belted into the European goal On debut Tom Gale and Has scored the equaliser for Swallow Let's take it out of the way Lucas Moura Clips it A great goal Stephen Bergbein has arrived in North London That is absolutely incredible on debut Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 three, two three, two, three, two. from Serge Aurier! First hand Spurs, that's Kane. Good area for Spurs. He's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. We will try and place it. wonderfully taken by Eric Lanella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley out line, breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. You missed from inside his own half, has scored one of the Goals
2: of his Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Touchdown Hotspur. Uh, I'm making my hosting debut this week, so for any potential new listeners or who just don't recognise my voice, my name is Ohio. I'm a very stress-free Tottenham fan in general because I do not let them affect my peace. This week I have uh, three, three of the mandem with me. Hello brothers. Uh, first we have Jack. How are you doing, my friend?
3: Uh, just living off apathy right now. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what, what can I say? I mean, how, how can you, have, like you said, how can you let the team affect you and it keeps doing this to you every week?
2: That's literally it, man. You have to protect your peace. And that was our uh, resident chairman of the Harry Winks uh, Association. We have uh, Dave, our resident football coach. How are you, brother? <laughs> yeah,
4: very frustrating. Um, oh, mate. Can't see anything coming <laughs> the rest of the season, and I'm you know, I'm a man of faith, but boy, this is tough. Nah, this is me, boy. This is
2: busy with me. How's
4: yeah, you questioning,
2: boy? Has your questioning for real? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> boy, I, you know what I feel for you? I feel for our, the Muslim Tottenham fans. How are you feeling this during Ramadan? This is, this is what you signed up for in the slightest, yeah, and yeah, then it's so we have cool. our. Well, our resident Harry Winks, chairman. We have our resident coach, and of course, our resident Peaky Blinder himself, Owen.
5: How are you, my friend? I'm going to let the podcast determine my mood. Uh, hello again, yeah, Owen. <laughs> I mean, welcome again to the Deja Votspur uh, podcast. <laughs> Let's get into it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, the pain!
2: I like the that. De- Deja Votspur. <laughs> Splitting hell man. Jesus Christ. Oh God. Right, cool. We're gonna we so this is recording obviously live straight after the Everton game. So I think the first thing we're gonna say is, you know, Tobes is losing his head at the three at the back. So I think the best best thing to start with is what was going on with that lineup. Dave, I'm gonna let you start. Chat to me about the lineup.
4: Yeah, so you know I, I when I looked at it, it took me about five minutes to try and work out what he was gonna do and and yeah it was three at the back it looked like a three five two um on the ball, but then like a mismatch of a five four one off the ball it was really i think look the, the worst thing about it is manager of his experience um you know those kind of formations you need to have the right players in in position do you know what i mean he played you know our slowest defenders. Okay, uh, as a back three, that's a warning sign. Um, and in midfield, yeah, they our two slowest midfielders. So anytime time we had to shift across, anytime we had to do anything of any with any sort of movement uh, and, and, and dynamic, we just we just got we got completely outplayed. Um, we let a makeshift Everton team dominate us. You know, Richarlison and sigerson were were having their way in that first half, making runs off everyone. Um, and the lineup kind of predicted it because we just didn't have the pace to to really play in such a fluid system. And, I, and I, It makes me think, and I know people have probably said this online and whatnot, you know, what should we been doing all week? You know, he's, he's had these guys all week. There's no midweek games. We're not playing in, in any European competition. We've had two or three solid weeks now to lead up to these games, and it's just mishmash, completely mishmash. Um, and I'm not, you know, we know that some of these players aren't good enough. You know, we know that. Um, but you've got to pick a team that can either mask that or or just get around some of those obvious problems. You know, Sissoko and Hoiberg, we know that's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? We absolutely know that's not going to work. And, you know, there was one point in the game, sorry, I'm not going into the game now, but Sissoko, you know, remember Sissoko in the, um, in the Champions League final? He gave away a penalty for sticking up his hand, right? He literally did that for the whole game today. Every time the ball's around him, he's pointing this way, pointing that way. I'm like, dude, oh, my life. It's so frustrating. But you pick those type of system and you can't work miracles with the, with the calibre page you've got. And um, here we are.
2: Here we are indeed. Uh, you touched on our midfield a little bit earlier. Jack, I was wondering what your thoughts were on our control or lack thereof, actually, um, especially in the first half. Um, feel free to uh crucify any players of your choosing. Um
3: let me start with Javier. Um he's been poor for the past month or so. Um just passing is completely off. Every time he gets a touch, his second touch ends up being a tackle. Um just wherever he receives the ball, it just puts us in danger. Um Regulon, um well, it's not midfielder but Absolute poor, absolute poor. Uh, just one, probably his worst game in his first shirt. Um, and Donnelly, been been poor in 2021. I have to say he's been he's not. I can't. Def- I've been defending this guy since he's joined us, but I can't defend him in 2021. He's been poor. He's, his passing is is horrific. It's horrific. He's a shadow of what he can be, and it's, it's just worrying. It's worrying. Every single player on this on the pitch is just not performing at any level, at all, apart from Kane, apart from Harry Kane. Absolutely no control in that midfield. Um, It just begs the question, you know, how do you replace Christian Eriksen? What kind of player do you replace Christian Eriksen with? Because we haven't. We haven't. We need that profile of player in our team. And even a half-assed Christian Eriksen would have done a better job than anyone in this midfield right now. But Christian Eriksen, because of his final season, because of his demeanour, he'll be, he'll get, he'll always get slated and he'll always be remembered by a section of the fan base as rotten. And it's sad. It's sad because he would he be the player that would bring that control. We don't have anyone that in our squad that could do that.
2: I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I think... You know, there's a lot of chat of our, uh, you know, people talking about Lacelso was supposed to replace him, and some people say he wasn't. Some people said we were meant to get Lacelso and Bruno. Some saying else that wasn't the plan. Um, And yeah, you know, I think it's fair to say that this, this pod is is pretty much a Tongi and Dombele Stan account. Always has been, always will be. You know, we have quite literally pulled up screenshots of people talking shit on our boy, but, you know, one thing we aren't is biased and we, we just have to accept that like, he's not necessarily been good enough recently. Um, as well. I think it's it's getting harder not to allow Dissu to call him uh, Oil Burger. I'm i I'm having to let like that one slide nowadays. There was one particular pass that he hit. I think he tried to hit Reggio around the corner with his left foot at yeah. the
0: ground, yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's not even like it was along the ground and he misplaced it or was five yards behind. It quite literally rent went into like row F. Like it was like eight feet in the air and I was just a bit like, What are you doing? He got that yellow when he got that yellow in the seventh minute, I said, Okay he's not gonna play well today. Um but, you know, I think I'm very ho- I'm hopeful for a turnaround, just just not necessary this season. Uh, Owen, did you have any thoughts
5: on any particular performances apart from apart from the killer up top, of course? Well with um just some the system, I I didn't actually hate the system. It was more um see the personal in place. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can play a three at, three at the back without Having a plan to control the middle of midfield because um, it, it, it invites way too much pressure, especially if, if Oberg is off it. Sissoko is in there being being him. He it, it's it's still insane to me how much he's fallen off a cliff this season and not necessarily our best ball playing centre backs. Um, and yeah, funny enough, that is that is something that ended up happening. We invited pressure, shock. Um, It's it's annoying that we do have somewhat of a controller in our squad that could have played in midfield tonight, but Mourinho has ran him into the ground and had everyone thinking that he's actually a really shit player in Winks. Um, Even the Celso could have probably played in that role tonight to a better effect. Um, As for everything else, I, I can't actually name a positive performance tonight other than Kane's to be honest and Kane ended up just feeding on scraps and he actually got um two goals fair play to him and Dombele, I never did necessarily hate him playing in that kind of advanced as as the most advanced midfielder as long as he wasn't just told to just stick up there and wait to receive the ball because it was clear we did not have a plan to Progress the ball to him in the first place. We have to play to his strengths, and he has to come deep and break the lines himself. But for whatever reason, the manager instruction doesn't seem to be that he has to wait for the ball, which just never comes to him. Because um, unfortunately, he's the best in our team when he's even when he's out of form to receive the ball in the half turn and play those through balls. So, all in all, I didn't, as I say, I didn't hate the the system, but just the way it was implemented was. Was absolutely awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, by all means, Dave.
4: Yeah, yes. just just what you know what I was saying there. A lot of the players that we just rightly said have had poor performances. I know someone's mentioned about Reguian and Son. They've had poor performances because they've been playing out of position in some some games. You know, we're putting an dominator ten without anyone to feed him the ball. He goes invisible for ten twenty minutes at a time. Um, even today, there was you know with Sissoka and, and Hoibo behind you, you're not getting nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's just, like I said, Suzuka was standing like a traffic warden, you know, just pointing, pointing people around the pitch. It's just horrible. Do you know what I mean? Um, regular on yes, he, he obviously he had a hit injury, and I do think he's suffering that kind of typical first season. You've gone through that Christmas break, you played a lot of games, um I think he's got a little bit of that in in his performances, which is what's kind of affecting him. Um, Hober's running to the ground. Our substitutions are weird. You know, It's a mess, really, from, from, from Mourinho. And, and I think that's what's affecting a lot of the, the performances of our better players, bringing them back to the pack. And then we've got, obviously, issues in defence um, every single game. Every single game, there's issues. And um, that first chance that Richarlison had, he pretty much walked into the penalty box um, you know, without any sort of contest from any of our three defenders. So it's just it's a shocker in some of these personnel picks. And, and like I said, with that change in formation... Uh,
2: it's not going to help. Agreed. Well, yeah, I was I was going to get on to, you know, Dreadnoughty's comment in there about um Sonny not getting as much playing. But, again, it's also going to be extremely difficult when the Borg doesn't come. I think I saw, not, not a heat map, I think it was a touch map of uh, Ndombele's touches in the first half. And, you know, part of it was him not playing well at all. But there was also in that general 10 area, you know, 20, 20 to 25 uh, or so yards, Outside the box, I'm pretty sure he only had two touches in the first 45 minutes in that zone, which which is extremely scary. Um, I think the next bit it would make more sense to talk about is um, the Harry Kane carry job, as it is as it seems to be most of the time. Um, obviously Owen, you touched on Kane a little bit there, so I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you talk us through the Kane carry job for tonight.
5: Yeah, there was um, there was an interesting bit of uh, commentary, and this is a bit of uh, it's it's pretty much typical of Sky Sports recently, where they're saying that oh, he's barely had a touch in the game, he's barely um, been seen, etc. Where all I saw was him dropping deep and trying to link play. For, for most of the game. It's been, well, I, I did miss a bit of the first half, but from what I was watching, he was constantly dropping deep to get the ball off for himself, pass it off, try, just try and get the team playing with just a few little, um, little layoffs, few little passes, and then to try and get in the box. But for every reason, it, it, it didn't come off. The team looked largely out of sync. I can't fault his effort. Like, there, there have been a few times recently where I've thought, like he's his body language is starting to look really, really fed up. And I, I don't blame him to be fair, but it's it's looking like he's gradually getting more fed up. Um but yeah, it was just a weird narrative from again Sky Sports to kinda of say that oh he's or they're implying that he's not in the game, he's not trying, where he he was by far our best player tonight. He was the only one really looking like a threat it was lucky in the way he got his goals yeah but you make your own luck and that's uh that's all I can say really he's going to be a big mess next weekend if if this injury if his looks as bad what well, is as bad as it looked earlier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no exactly it's um the harder you train the more lucky you're going to get and they just
2: find he just he finished like the killer that we all we all know who he is, and the shouts of, you know, Kane has to leave to do whatever is, is are only going to get louder. You know, Jay Spurs said it um, in the comments, you know, he was feeding off scraps the whole game, and he's still mm. Um And I actually didn't notice this part of the game because I was, I was busy finishing up the agenda, but Kane obviously went off uh, with an injury um, in the 90, 93rd minute. Um, I put, I actually didn't see the challenge. Jack, I don't know if you saw it.
3: Um, yeah, Richarlison sort of landed on him. Um, yeah, it it looks um, it looks bad. It looks bad. Oh, and um, that, that
2: was going to be my next thing. I was like, do, was it a case of he came off because there were fifteen seconds left and we had another sub, or could he not walk? Really,
3: he was hobbling a fair bit, and um, yeah, I, it could be, it could be because of that. And hopefully, at most, it's a knock, but. We we all know about Harry Kane's ankles, both of them, um, and we know what it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he, did, he walked off the pitch shaking his head, so that that probably says it all. Really, it's probably worse than it was probably as bad as we're fearing. So, <coughs> League Cup final next week as well.
5: That was the thing as well. Like he was, it was about a minute and a half left in the game when the challenge actually happened. So for Harry Kane to not want to at least see the rest of the game out was really. Tell him um, And again um, Like Jay Spurs is saying in the comments He he literally walked off the side of the pitch um, A different way to everyone else At the final whistle shaking his head So yeah Despite his new trim it, it didn't look good Didn't look good
2: uh, It's just an amalgamation Of what it means to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan The only shining light we have in the team And we're probably not, probably not going to have him Before the final I mean we're gonna to touch on we're gonna to touch on some Jose stuff a bit later on, but I I do ha- I have a feeling I think Kane will play in that um in that final just at least because we've got we've got at least there's a game in between I think they'll definitely put him on ice for Southampton, but and I, I'm not saying he has to like obviously him playing in the final gives us a better chance of winning, but I think it's gonna be it'll be a mix of Kane wanting to play do you know what I'm saying as as our, as our star player, but then also Jose does have a history of um. Of, play, of trying to push players through uh, through injury, but like I said, we'll um, we'll touch on that later on. I think that's enough about Everton. Uh, we lost to a team. I say lost; it felt like we lost. Uh, we didn't beat a team that had Tom Davies at the anchor, despite the fact we were slewing him under A. D. Booth for its management. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna rewind a little bit. We're gonna go to the United game. We're gonna review that. We've had a bit of time for it to, I say, get out of our system, but it still still leaves quite a bit of taste. Um, I think I'll probably just start with uh I don't even know where to start to be honest. Should we start we can start with who who do you feel did or didn't stand out? Who was who was poor in the United game?
4: I think a whole lot of them were, but for me Eric Dyer was the worst um i I mean he's had some shockers for us this this uh this season or the past couple of seasons, not been a great player at the back. But I think for me just watching him you know, Cavani, we all know what he's about. Right, Cavani's not gonna pick up the ball in halfway line and Take it around three, four players and, and smash it in top end dizzy. He's all about quick movements. He's a poacher in and around the box, you know, feeding off you know passes from Pogba, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think the fact that you know Dia had absolutely no respect for Cavani's movement, he just he just left him. He's like, oh, you know what? He can just do whatever he wants. He can he can set up ten in our in our box and, and and just leave him. And for all United's best play. Was coming off Cavani, just peeling off him, just so easily. Um, he was pretty much playing, you know, square to, to the um, to the touchline um, in, in some in some ways. And I think for me, it just it really just showed how we can't trust these players. You know, um, he's obviously we all know he's not good enough at that position, even though he, he feels like he is. Um, and we invite too much pressure, you know, for for that kind of thing. We need to play further up the pitch if we're going to, you know, because we know that our players are limited. But asking these players in the current level they're at and with all the silly mistakes that they're making to sit back, sit deep, um, concentrate and, you know, track runs, all that kind of stuff is just asking for trouble. So, again, Dyer was, for me, indicative of the whole performance. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, we're living off, and I know said earlier about Kane feeding off scraps, but I feel like the whole team... It's just living off scraps. It's just fumes, <laughs> you know. You can see that, you know, players don't want to have a playing these these um, kind of defensive setups. Um, they don't really have an out ball. They don't have any invention or creativity really. Um, and when we do have a bright spark, you kind of think, "All right, can we do this for five, ten minutes?" Psh, mate, two minutes later, we're back on the you know, on the edge of our box and, and getting peppered by, you know, Pogba. Um, and I think the fact that Fred scored against us. You know, adding to the to the list of I think it's the Hall of Fame, I think we, the Premiership Hall of Fame of, of players to score against Spurs this season with um Joe Linton um looking at prime Ronaldo against our back four um every time we play against Newcastle. Um I think just you know, it just showed us it showed up how, how bad we were and even when we were up, um I knew that it was gonna probably end up in a loss because our defenses had no idea where their attackers were.
2: Um, to try and stop any sort of momentum from there, really. Exactly that. Um, and you know, if you looked at the lineup, almost, almost to a point, maybe bar uh, Lucas for maybe Gareth Bale and obviously Eric Dyer, it was, it's the team that a lot of Spurs fans have been calling out for this season. We had, we had Hojbjerg and Dombley and LaCelso, we had Son, Kane, and but in Lucas Mora's defense, he has actually been one of our better players, especially Turner 2021. And admittedly, that's not, that's not saying a lot. Um, Jack, what did you think of our um, yeah, Lo Celso on the right in that right-hand area What were your thoughts on him?
3: Um, I thought he did okay in the first half. He, he I liked his intensity. One thing we we definitely do get from Lo Celso is he he's always a runner. He's always chasing. He's good off the ball, um, and I think that's something that Mourinho appreciates when he when he plays when he's on that pitch. Um, didn't affect the game. Too much on the ball. Um, no, no one did that game. To be honest, um, we were pretty, we're pretty fortunate. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember. I tried to like forget that game as soon as the year, uh, as soon as full time went. So uh, there's not too much I even remember from it. I just remember, yeah. Um, I remember Lascelles being pretty, um, pretty decent off the ball, but I, yeah, he was again second half performance when United on the front foot, and really on the front foot, and uh, we were sort of chasing shadows almost. Yeah, he, he wasn't in the game. They were breaking through our press uh, very, very easily, or our so-called press, um, which obviously they're not. They're not coached to do. Um, but generally, in terms of the season, he's, we know he's had his injury problems, and but since he's been here, I can't say I've been overly impressed at all. He's definitely not um, been value for money. Um, Definitely for me, and um, he would make a good squad player for what we want to achieve. But I can't see this guy, I can't see us needing this guy to start week in, week out and you know, sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck. It's not that kind of player,
2: at all. I think. I think mean, that was a fairly unfair question for me because I literally said it and I thought, I cannot remember a lot. For, I think I've actually forced this United game out of my memory. Um, Owen, I'm going to be a little bit mean here and remind you that you are on record of saying that you were fairly confident Ndombele was going to and I'm going to paraphrase here um, spin Pogba out of his socks and uh, it would seem that Pogba locked him down like a shin pad so would you, what were your thoughts on
5: Ndombele in that game and Pogba? Um, I I would be forced and inclined to agree with that point on uh, Pogba versus Ndombele because Really and truly, he he did dunk on us. Um, mainly in the second half. Do you know, what? I I was I was actually quite buoyed um by our first half performance because yeah, obviously we're not coached in this in this kind of pressing at all. But I thought we we actually implemented it quite well. Um, we didn't really have an idea um when it came to progressing the uh the ball. There was Lucas who kept on spinning offshore. We weren't really brave enough to give him the ball and then the one time he actually did get behind he set off some to score. Um maybe we'll get onto the Sun incident a bit later on. Maybe we won't uh we got to the second half and um yeah like you say about Pogba he moved inside off the left um for what looks like um an Oli change into a four two two where like Pogba wasn't really getting any joy in the first half, he was starting to just peg us completely in the second half, for lack of a better term, like, because <laughs> that was almost <clears throat> pretty much what he does. As well, as well as Cavani just completely running down our right channel. Um, yeah, like, there was a lot me made of us kind of protecting the lead again, it was deja vu. Um, at the start of the second half, throughout to when they got the second goal. Um, It was annoying because we obviously saw Pogba was running the game, and Brinho actually tried to react proactively, in his mind anyway. I'm not saying that it was a proactive substitution, but bringing on Sissoko to deal with Pogba has worked in the past, so... I could see the thinking behind the substitution even though I didn't necessarily agree with it because we ended up taking off La Liss- I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of felt like we were really inviting pressure but we did need to stem the flow of Pogba and it was immediately... I think it, it might have even been like a minute or two after Sissoko came on. There was um an incident where Lucas Moura picked the ball up in... In our half, and this is why I I don't like all the United fans giving Sun shit at the moment because especially Oli as well, um, with his comments about Sun after the game, where uh, Lucas dribbled out with the ball, took it past Bruno, uh, but Bruno very very slightly clipped Lucas, jumped on the floor, rolled around, started screaming, and and we put the ball out of play even though we were on a counter attack which. I was pissed, I was pissed because I knew the only way we were going to hurt this team is through really quick transitions and just to try and hit them on the break and for all of our absorbing of pressure before, I mean once they equalised we actually did start to wake up and create some chances and test Henderson so when we put that ball out for a counter attack I was thinking to myself if they score from this I am going to fucking lose it I'm going to absolutely lose my rocker, as I guess they might have seen Peaky Blinders. I don't know. I haven't actually watched the show, which is crazy. Um, they still had a lot to do. Like We tried to play out, um, as losing a, a quick transition opportunity, and the ball fell to Sissoko in the middle of the pitch. It was bouncing up. He could have just taken it down. He wasn't really under pressure, to be honest, but... Lo and behold, he ended up giving it away. Um, United still had a lot to do, but Bruno Fernandes gets the ball, nutmegs Reguilón, Greenwood crosses it in, Cavani heads it, and we've we've given them a goal. Being um, being a bit soft and Spursy, which it was completely annoying. And then after that our a kind of um, resurgence after they equalized was just out the window. Like we didn't show anything after after they did score the second goal, other than what was. Almost a fortunate set piece Which I think Cavani was the one that cleared it off the line So yeah It was It was a gutless game Mostly in the second half A deja vu game where we took the lead And inviting pressure in the second half It was It was almost like Watching Inception On repeat (laughs) I may as well have just watched it and I was just seeing the comments saying we've had Anthony Gardner and Fazio and yes, Eric Dier is the worst thing. Yeah. Oh God, I, I don't even know what I would rate him for that game. I'll give him a three. But the thing is with Dier as well, just to just to round off, I, I'll always maintain that he probably has the physical attributes to be a great centre-back even. But... And it showed today his biggest—not uh, today, but against United—his biggest weakness is when he gives this false sense of calmness, just through coasting through games, and it's extremely annoying. Where it, it, I think of all the attackers in the league would have twigged onto it by now. All you've got to do is run off, run off his back. He's—he's he's not going to care. He's going to let you run. So yeah, the again, uh, he needs to try and get some, some more kind of at least some awareness in his game, and he might actually be a semi-decent centre-back next year, because no-one's going to buy him. So, yeah, if, if he can try and improve for next year, that would be just great.
3: I'm not going to lie, oh, yeah. Uh, Fazio and Andy Gardner also had the physical attributes to be centre-backs. <laughs> <laughs> Fazio, yeah.
5: Yeah,
0: so six, five.
5: Fazio <laughs> couldn't run. The uh, can actually run a fairly decent top speed. Andy uh, Gardner, Anthony Gardner. Gardner. Well, and he, yeah, he I, had really, I had a right soft spot use. for Gardner. Um, with the, uh, I feel like he's deceptively quick. Um, I'm gonna get killed for saying that in the group chat, but he's, he's, a, de- he's a deceptive. Default, right? He has a decent switch. He can bring the ball out. He can step out of the defensive line and win 50/50s. He is quite decent in the 50-50 once he gets there. He's decent in the air. Like um, we said, at the beginning of this season, he just needs the XP and the accountability as well because that, that comment he made um after a certain game, it might have even been after the Chelsea game when he did his best Booker T impression where he said, oh, it's it's not me making mistakes, it's the team performance. Um, Yeah, if he can get some accountability and awareness, he might be a good squad player for us. I, I'm not having him start just to just to put that on record, I'm not having him start. But for me, if he can get some experience and awareness, he can be decent centre back because we we are stuck with him.
2: Well, asking a 27 year old man who has been playing football for however long to to try and gain some awareness and not this track like, I mean. I'm, I'm not good at football, and I know Cavani's movement is unreal. Like you can't sleep um, on Cavani, but at least I, I appreciate you trying to be impartial. On Eric Dyer, you're probably the only person in the chat who maybe would help him uh, spread his ashes all over White Hart Lane with the art.
0: <laughs> which is,
2: which is down. ridiculous.
5: The weirdest thing. After I someone can't. from this podcast burns him,
2: what? A <laughs> no names. He wants, <laughs> no he wants to Facebook
5: haunt
0: us. Case.
2: He wants to haunt us, dead or alive. Like, this. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, a queue. Right. Um, you touched on it a bit earlier, Owen. Uh, Ollie's Ollie had a lot to say. Um, in, in this, uh, after this game, he had stuff to say about, you know, watching us, uh, that, you know, match analysis morning of, and he had some stuff to say about Son, so for those who aren't aware, um, if there was a, the first, well, a goal got disallowed, and effectively, uh, there was a bit of a, a bit of a tussle, uh, I say a tussle, it was just, McTominay's gone past Son, Son's had a grab at him, as you would, McTominay is just sort of, I can't even say batted back. He's just got his arm out to shield the ball effectively. Son's got, um, I mean, I could call it a very aggressive poke to the eye. I could also (laughs) call myself a liar. Whichever one you want to pick is fine. Um, Son has hit the deck. Goal's been disallowed. Now, Ollie's comments said, if that was my son and he stays down and he needs his mates to help him up, he doesn't get food because that's embarrassing. Hashtag, the game is gone. I personally think that's a little bit rich coming from Ollie. but you know, Dave, what Dave, what are your thoughts on quote unquote play acting and then Ollie's comments as well?
4: Yeah, it is. You know, I've, I've been, you know, all my group chats have been talking about this all week. And um, the reality of the situation is, guys, this happens throughout the whole game. It's not just Song. It's not just Kane. It's it's you know players across, you know, all different levels. Unfortunately, you know, they are going down that, you know. At, you know, faint, the faintest of touches. Um, and, you know, referees are falling for it. Referees are falling for it. I think with regard to, like, Oli versus jo- um, Jose Mourinho, I think it's a it's a weird kind of rivalry that is, I think, partly been forced a bit, um, and obviously the media like to play up on it. Um, but at the end of the day, with all of Oli's, you know, hugs and handshakes with his players and fist bumps and I've got their back or something, Mourinho is still their most successful manager since Ferguson. And I think that sticks a bit in the United fans and then, not fans, but in, in the management. They definitely want to start winning things again to prove that they're all right to move on from Mourinho. It's not just all vibes. Um, and it does look like Oli saves his best moments for for us, you know, in, you know obviously 6-1 aside. Um, he tends to get the best out of his players coming up against us. Um, and I think... He likes to push that button. I think his his comment at the end was a bit weird, and I know his son jumped on it the next day, didn't he? You know, because mm-hmm. you know Jose pushed back, and then his son was like, "Oh no, I eat properly," and what stuff. It just gets a bit weird, and I think you know for for us to you know is the only probably thing to speak about after our performance. Um, but yeah, son did go down too easily. Um, was I glad that the, the goal got all done? Yeah, of course cool, so I'm. You know. It's one of the things I can admit that we went down soft, but at the same time, we'll take the benefit from it. Um, obviously, we end up losing the game, and we end up losing to Cavani's, you know, very good performance. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we see it all, all the way throughout. Does there seem to be a bit of an agenda when sometimes, you know, when it's, you know, predominantly, like, you know, Kane, everyone talks about Kane's special move, you know, the one that every, pretty much, every striker does, you know, when they've got the ball. Yes, yes. Play. You know, that one. Um. But you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, you just you kind of learn to, to roll with it. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just a weird kind of. I don't know. I don't know what it is with with Ollie and and you know his comments on on Joe there. It seems seems to be every game, in the lead up to the game or after. You know, it, it gets a bit spiky. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. Um, if we're lucky enough to to. Well,
2: actually, I think we'll probably have a, a new manager hopefully by next season, and um, so we'll see what happens there. That is the hope, absolutely. Um, in regards to Ollie's comment, Jose actually, you know, like you said, Jose did bite back, and Jose essentially said, oh, you know, uh, Son's dad is is a better is a better man than Ollie," and I'm glad. Um, and Jose made a point, Zach, Jack. I wonder your thoughts on this. Jose basically said. If I said what Oli said, what would you man be saying? That is effectively what he said um, in the press conference. And you know, just going because I think Yao, one of our one of our pod members, Yao sort of is spoken about this. People like to do this thing. People who aren't Tottenham fans like to do this thing where they say that we're the media darlings and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are you lot talking about? Like, do you do you listen to what's actually said? Um, because they think Harry Kane is getting away with fouls or whatever. And you know, Dave, you touched on this whole const- this constructed. It's a bit like WWE. You know, when there's no storyline popping off, so like, okay, who can we get Roman Reigns and beef with this week? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that is kind of what it feels like. And it's not, it's not quite banging. So, Jack, I was just wondering, like, what do you think the reaction would have been if Ollie came out and said that whole thing about, or uh, if if Bruno stayed, if Jose said, i oh, if Bruno stayed down like that, and that's my son. I'm not feeding him."
3: Yeah, the, yeah, I mean. Joe, so we know how big Jose is in the media, in the media, in the world, whatever, and it'll obviously get much more backlash because, again, he's not the he's not the Jose of the mid-noughties where he was loved by everyone. Whatever he said, people it was gospel. People took to it, people warmed to it. Um, he's a different man, and people see him in a different light, and it would have got a lot, lot more backlash. Um, you see the interviews with Sky Sports to Pogba where the questions they ask him about Jose, you know, the, all the stats about Jose being, you know, Jose's team being, you know, um, sort of the, the team that's top of sort of or second in the um, taking the lead, um, in the teams taking the lead, and then obviously being last in teams being able to hold the lead or 19th or whatever. Um, yeah, he, would, he would obviously be scrutinised completely. We, we know this. Uh, like, he obviously is the ma- he's not the man anymore. He's not the you know he, every he's like again. I've said this before. He's like Winston Churchill in the Crown. You know, absolutely outmoded. The guy doesn't know he's done. Everyone else, all his team, all his you know his members of staff know this guy's his methods are completely outdated. His views, everything of that nature. He's finished, but he can't see it yet. He, he, I don't know what it will take for him to actually finally recognise it, but that's what it is. And I think in The Crown, I don't know if you guys watched The Crown or anyone watched it, but the the moment he realised it was when he had someone um do his portrait and um, he didn't like it because he thought he looked old and he looked, you know, worn down. But that is what he looked like. And then it, that, it took him to realise through, through that and, boy, someone needs to paint Jose's portrait now because he is finished.
2: So, if if anyone listening... Uh, I actually definitely follow one or two painters online. So, if any of you are listening to this and you'd like to commission a painting of Jose Mourinho, in time for the final or after, please do get in touch with um, Touchline Media Group. Thank you very yeah, much. There's
5: a certain picture with a droopy titty, which could probably serve as a good, <laughs> as a good painting. A great NFT for him. great. <laughs> <laughs> That picture um, actually triggered me when it first came out as well, but it's <laughs> fitting now. So, yeah. Um, so he, think,
4: he, think back to when he came and you was talking to Deli Ali about, you know, I want, I want Ali and not Ali's brother, all that kind of talk, mate. Someone needs to talk to him about him and his twin brothers. I mean, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> this is this is a pale imitation. And I would he,
5: love Delhi to come out with that.
4: Yeah, you would <laughs> love to come out and just be like, uh. You know, where's your brother, mate? What about your brother? Yeah, it's, it's a shocker from, from Mourinho. But we all know if the, if it was on the other way round, you know, if Mourinho said anything like that, boy, it would it would have been, you know, we'd still be talking about it today. They've mentioned it probably before before today's game, after today's game. They did actually mention about the Pogba thing to Mourinho in his post-game. Um, and I think he's turned around and said that and uh, just getting a treat.
1: C rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
4: He doesn't want to comment on it. He says he goes, you know, I wish I could act as if I care, but I really don't care. Uh, I'm not interested at all. And um, so, yeah, that's that's Mourinho and the whole Pogba situation there. Yeah,
2: dear, dear. Right. Uh, whilst we are very good at turning um negatives into into light-hearted light-hearted um, light-hearted segments, we are very good at that. Unfortunately another week, um, another L and another incident of racist abuse. Um so, you know, for those who did or didn't see son uh, Human Son actually put out a very heartfelt interview prior to the racial abuse or to be honest it was probably during. Um and I know that there's there's this weird section on Spurs Twitter that think players apologies if you can hear the car alarm going off. Like I live in a, a particular type of area in Liverpool. This is this is an hourly occurrence. I do apologise, um, to any cop and fracker people listening. Also, oh it stopped anyway. Um, so yeah, Son basically was, you know, very apologetic. He said sorry about five times in about ten seconds. So the section of Spurs Twitter that think it's really important for for players to apologise because it shows they care. I hope you got what you wanted. I don't know if if that's your kink or if that's what you're into football wise, but I, I honestly hope that satisfied you. Um, obviously, it's always nice to. We'd rather players didn't have to take accountability like that, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so Son suffered racist abuse um, online again. What was it? A week after Davinson Sanchez got the same, um, and it just it's just starting to feel a bit cyclical. Like I, I don't, we can't say we're bored of racism. You know, these, these are people's lives. These are guys. This is this is a man who, you know, whether he's in form or not, runs his ass off for ninety minutes. Has been one of our better players this season. So it's it's just absolutely absolutely mind boggling. Um, I I don't really need to ask you guys thoughts on it because I think we're, we're all in agreement. It's it's a disgrace where something needs to be done ASAP by by the social media companies and all that kind of stuff. But something that I wanted to touch on a little bit. So we a couple episodes ago with um Naz from the Anvil Talk, we talked about you know stereotypes and attitudes towards uh, South Asian players, and it's something that. If if I'm being really honest, the only person I've seen speak up really prominently on this next bit is is Mel, is um, Atsabalos, and she's touched on general attitudes and low-key racism towards East Asian players, which is probably not taken as seriously. Um, I just wondered what you guys were thinking in in terms of that. How do you think racism is, is, whether it's subtle, is it not taken as seriously towards the East Asians, like the the Koreans and the Chinese? I I think Particularly
3: in this country, it's down to numbers. I think um, there aren't as this country isn't as populated with people from East Asia as they are from South Asia or Caribbean or African backgrounds. So I think um, there's less of a voice and there's less of a representation of that as a result, due to how many people there are of that background in this country, and it's just sad that it doesn't get treated, you know, treated equally and you know, it's just, it's just such a shame, and the worst thing is, it's, people are just so used to hearing it, and it's just that, it's just absolutely, I don't know what to say, really, I mean, and the worst thing is, like, from, from many of our points of view, that we're so used to hearing this about all races, that, you know, particularly on, on social media, on Instagram, that you just don't know how to respond you know, i wish i could be i wish I could be more angry, but you become no it's almost desensitization and because because everyone, you know instagram platforms like that don't stop it they don't you know you can mm. yeah there's so many things you can't say on instagram yet there's so many things you still are allowed to say
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yes, i don't know where where they draw the line to be honest I, I don't know what you guys think, but it's just the inconsistencies.
4: Mm. I think you've also got an issue that you know you can't even pin it down to one club or one you know the opposition fans or whatever. You know we saw it with centres a few weeks ago. Um, <coughs> that it was our own fans that were sending them abuse. Um, I'm sure there were <coughs> fans who you know were ready to to string you know uh, a few tweets together about certainly, You know when he makes mistakes. Um, and I think just what you said about, you know, in terms of numbers um, and representation, that is what it is. You know, you may not be as aware of what goes on um, in, in certain communities and the, the abuse that they get because it's not it's not reported on. It's not um, brought to light. But the fight against racism is not a football issue. It's a society issue, isn't it? Um, and, and this is what football has done. It's given people a, a place where they can hide, and the social media platforms have aided that. We see it, you know, and it's been long documented in this in this in this country from the terraces, um, and we're not talking about black and white, you know, in the old days, you know, excuse the pun. We're talking about Raheem Sterling a few years ago. We're talking about um, players in in the the international side of things. Obviously, we know about the Slavia Prague issue, um, and and the light kind of slap on the wrist that footballers get or, you know, football clubs get, you know, you find if you find a football club fifty K in their Premier League club, you know, they'll they can find that, you know, in dinner ladies' envelope, do you know what I mean? Um, like there's not enough strong action taken against these things to even give the appearance that what we're doing is is trying to make a definitive stand. You know, um when you suspend the play, I think I tweeted it um, the other day, he sp- to spend the play for 10 games, you know, the Slavia Prague um, put with the name, but then rear thrown and get, got, what, eight months for a missed drug test. You know, you, like, these things, you know, you can't erase what's happened and the bans that you've given out to other players for for indiscretions which, you know, have nothing um, on, on this kind of racism. So, I think, you know, a stronger line from the top would help um and it will help maybe make uh, football a safer space for a lot of these communities even feel like they have an entrance into the game. You know, I can only imagine what this what this um, has for, you know, at a grassroots level, where, you know, you're looking at, you know, you've got boys from, from China or Korea or whatever who won't want to get into the game, and they're seeing their heroes be abused online. They're seeing their heroes who are making so much money and, and having so much success on the pitch or whatever, but getting so much abuse. Then you know what's the point? They'll go and do something a little bit less, you know, in the public eye because they don't want to expose themselves to that. Families won't want to expose themselves to that. There'll be a negative um, taint on our on our sport. So it's something that it needs to be addressed at so many different levels. Um, But again, you can't pinpoint it and say, oh, it's just this club or it's just this set. You know, there will be unfortunately fans who go to our games, you know, and sit there a few rows up who as soon as a black player or an Asian player loses the ball, does a a bit too much tricks or flicks, whatever. Too flashy. Too flashy, yeah. You've see got all all the usual trope, too flashy. He's 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 a lazy player. All those kind of things that that hide a lot of the stereotypes and and the prejudice that they have. Um, It's an issue, and and society needs to tackle it head-on, and and football needs to do more than just taking the
5: before games because I think that's getting a bit tired now. yeah indeed. I'm trying to think did they ever ban uh, was there ever a ban on Millwall after their racist abuse on Sun or they were shouting um, profanity over a certain stereotype at Sun in a cup game and I, I don't believe that any action was taken which nah, which is crazy. Um, yeah, like like you say uh, David, it has, it has to come right from the top. It's um, something like Jack touched upon as well there's not much uh, as much uh, chat and representation from the Asian um, community, and again, it needs it does need to come from the top.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
5: Um, just uh, this this is definitely going to be
2: my weakest segue, so bear with me. Uh, you touched on flashy players, which I personally don't have a problem with. I think drip or drown. Times. Uh, speaking of flashy players, a flashy one did do an interview recently by the name of Paul Pogba. Um, And he basically, so I just want to sort of talk about, you know, so Proper's comments were obviously ba- he he all he really said was the main difference between Oli and uh, Jose is that Oli doesn't go against the players, you know, and for all the Jose sexuals out there who do this, I see, you you see it every week. I don't know if it's for clicks or if they genuinely believe this, or if they're in some kind of Jose cult underground uh, by by the railway station. I don't know in it, but. You know, a lot of people seem to do these things. Oh, we're so lucky to have Jose. Oh, he's he's the only guy who could win us stuff. All this, this, that. I don't really get it. Um. So, someone on the Discord asked, "Is this Jose?" So I think this this can tie into the Popper interview somewhat. So someone on the Discord earlier during the Everton game asked, "Is this Jose's last club?" So I'm just gonna throw I'm gonna throw that one out there. Uh, what do you man think? Is this Jose's last club? It it should be,
3: it should be because for me, Jose Mourinho is the kind of manager. He's he, his level was either the top or there's no level at all for me. I think um, with his sort of philosophy, it, it's a very extreme mindset and a very extreme philosophy in terms of keep you know not being not keeping the ball and allowing the other team to make a mistake when they lose it and. Um, yeah, I just think he can only manage at that level where he is able to be to be backed with the players he wants to be to be able to have a group of players, a set of players who are much more disciplined because they come from a much more disciplinarian background, um, and that suited him to a T. Um, there's an article in the Independent that says you know the average lifespan of a manager at the top level is sort of 11 years, roughly um you know people talking about Capello Marcello Lippi Trapattoni um obviously Wenger and uh Alex Ferguson are kind of exceptions to the rule but um managers generally that are wedded to a philosophy tend to last about 11 years at the top and once that's almost a generation that is a generation of players essentially and he had his generation he had his time and it's done i he, he can't stay near a football club ever again for me. He, he can't manage. He can't manage this generation of players anymore. Gen, gen, you know, generation Y, Z, whatever. He can't do it. He can't do it. And um, his, his you know, man management methods. It's not going to work anymore. His tact His you know, lack of tactical now these days. You know, you see it with us. depressing It's not. He's just shouting. Press. 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 They're not actually coached. To press. There's no clear. Method or plan when Kane goes up to one player, there's no selected player to press the second, press the player, the next option basically. It's just chase the ball. That's not pressing. That's not how pressing works. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be near a club again, in my opinion. I think he should take the role upstairs. Um, stay well away from the touchline. Essentially, he's done. He's done. And i I mean, I call him the Pastel de Nata Padu. Because he's honestly, there's always a bum manager out there you can compare him to. He's that bad. He's that
2: bad. But hey, man said, man said the Mediterranean Mark Hughes. (laughs) 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 Fucking uh, so, Jay Spurs said in the comments said a couple of minutes ago, um, Josie needs to either adapt or um, do international football. I think he's incapable of adapting i uh, I remember when he was doing it he was doing his thing on sky sports, which is where I think he should have stayed um, because he actually does give a half decent insight when 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 he's um when he's a pundit um on that kind of platform. I've said for a while if he is gonna go if his next role where he could actually command a bit of respect Probably via some nepotism will be the Portugal job But someone kind of reminded me on the Discord That their current manager actually won Euro 2016 um, So Owen, do you, Owen, what are your thoughts? Because you, you had a name for Jose earlier in the season It, 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 it mm. leaves my mind at the, Would you care to remind me what you were calling Jose Earlier in the year for the fans?
5: For the fans, um, I was smiling throughout Jack's uh, comments as well, um, purely because I I genuinely was open to Jose at first. Uh, I'm I'm coming to the name, don't worry. Um, I, I was open to Jose because I genu- like the thing with him, and his kind of club career at the moment, he did try to adapt, and the whole telling thing of like, okay, yeah, he's gonna be happy in London. He's come off the back of winning things. in in Manchester while living out of a hotel, Um, the hiring of an attack-minded assistant, this new promise of a new philosophy apparently to Daniel Levy. He looked like he tried to implement something different with us initially, and that led me to calling him daddy because I felt like his man management style would fit our, our dynamic as well. Oh, say, I mean, no,
4: say that one more time. I was not I was on part of the family back then. No, come on, I please. I was on part, say it one more time. You you call him what?
5: <laughs> um <laughs> I can't even say it. I can't bring myself. Because oh. he, he's he he's kind of turned into this really um this stepdaddy who's who's treated me very, very badly. But now, it, it was annoying as well, because I thought it's his management so far, style of winning trophies would fit our dynamic of just being laughed at for never winning trophies as well. So I always felt like we needed a manager that had been and done it before to give us that confidence. And it's had the opposite effect, and it's now telling when you've got um, someone who's supposed to be a bit of a dinosaur in the game, who's gone past his, uh, the average lifespan of a manager in David Moyes and he is now fourth in the league where we've got another um, kind of pragmatic past thinking manager who's struggling to get a tune out of out of us who were Champions League finalists less than two years ago so um, yeah it's it is annoying I can't even remember what the original question before what I used to call him was now Um, but so I was saying at the beginning of the season, uh shouts to him that he he is a great fit. Uh we've just got the best name yet for him as well in the chat. If uh you're just listening, someone in the chat has just called him Mugabe Megson.
2: Blood of Jesus. Oh
5: wow. Better than any name I've ever thought of him. <laughs> so <laughs> that, anyone <laughs> that's <laughs> ever thought about that. that. Reeks of Toby, that does so fair okay, play. Hell. Boy. No, um um yeah, you... he's a great he's a great fit for international management. Yeah, the no, out, well, for the whole human rights thing going on he'd probably suit managing Qatar
0: he <laughs> <laughs> should be
5: in that world cup now anyway so yeah that's.
3: No, he should be managing Al Qaeda man he's a football terrorist yeah. so. <laughs>
2: he is no. I think uh, with I um, with Jose obviously you know there's like I said you've got the Jose sexuals you've got the poch sexuals and then you've got the balanced people like us um, and you fair know fair. he gets called he gets called a dinosaur a lot, and I think... Like, the fa- facts don't lie in it, you know what I'm saying? So I think I, I did a little bit of reading, and something I found really interesting is he does all this talk about press, 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 and we're obviously not um conditioned or trained to actually press properly, apart from one man just running one man. And so there's this term in football called um high turnovers, which is basically being able to win the ball um within 40 metres of the opposition goal. And I looked at a stat from when he was actually at United, so it was like pretty steady. So they would win the they'd win the ball like an average 3.1, 3.2 times, um, forty meters from from the goal. And then in the 2017-2018 season, the graph just takes us. I was about to just do my hand and realize people who are listening won't be able to see, but the graph just takes this really steep turn and it goes down from three point one uh to two point two in terms of um high turnovers per goal. So whether he was I, I don't know if it was a case of just he didn't know how to press or he was just teaching United how to sit. But that is a very clear statistic. Of, I know some people like to pick fancy stats. I, I'm not going to lie, I've probably never, ever realised the term high turnovers until about four hours ago. But it's about, you know, making it applicable to actually, you so you're trying to tell us to press, but the statistics show that you're actually bad at winning the ball within 40 metres of the goal. So what's the truth? Um, and Oli has actually, funny enough, brought them back up to the same original level of um, high turnover winning that they did in the first place. Um, something we touched on earlier with Kane's injury. When I was saying, you know, I think Kane might actually be. I, have, I just have this feeling Kane's going to play against City. Um, and something because I'm an, I've had a lot of injuries just as a rugby player, and I've always just been look if I'm injured, I'm not playing unless it's like super high stakes. If I'm like eighty five percent. I can give you something, you know what I'm saying. But I've, especially whatever sport is, whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, whether it's football, it's, to be honest, they're probably more a bit more vocal about it in NBA. The courtside boys will tell you, if men are not fit, man are not fit. You know what I'm saying. I, I don't, I don't think players should play through injury unless they absolutely have to. Like it's a do or die relegation fight, final, but you know we can't manage it without you starting, sort of thing. Not necessarily saying Kane has to start against City with that. And Jose's Jose's history with his attitude towards injury. So, you know, again, something I read. I, I remember there being this big thing about Chris Smalling and a broken toe. And he basically, I, I don't know if he played against Chelsea or he played against somebody, like, after a couple of injections. And he was really good. Jose called him phenomenal, all this kind of stuff. Two weeks later, um, I think they were playing a Leicester team. And he was just like, basically, now he's like, no, Jose, I'm fucked, man. Like, I can't play. Like, my toe is banged. Jose started questioning his bravery, all this kind of stuff. Turns out, Smalling had a double fracture of the toe, which was a single fracture before this phenomenal game. Jose has a history of, you know, there, there's the proper old school managers that don't believe in the sports science and don't believe in the sports psychology. Unfortunately, it seems Jose falls into um, this kind of, this kind of, um, this kind of philosophy because. I also read there was, I think before Sir Alex Ferguson left, he'd like basically had got you now to spend a bit of money on this like nice little sports science area. Jose came in, said, Fuck that, we're just going to turn these into massage beds. Man swapped sports scientists for massage beds in his first season at Old Trafford, which absolutely mind boggling to me. Um, And obviously, we had the whole Ben Davies thing on Instagram where Jose was like, Yeah, man. This is what happens when someone is brave and trying to help their team, and then you've got uh, what's what's another
5: recent injury thing is probably obviously he well, sun burning out. Hmm? Sun burning out.
0: Yeah, burning now.
5: Rushing back from injury, I think it was the Liverpool game. He walked off with like some double ankle injury and he played the next game pretty much. Yeah,
2: even even in the All or Nothing documentary, when Son busted his arm and he was joking, he like yeah, but well, he can still play though. It's like no, broke his <laughs> fucking arm. Do you know what I mean? Like you could see, like the sports scientists and the physios, like they were. You could see how shook they were to tell Joe that he's not going to have a player. Do you know what I'm saying, like you can't, you can't have that attitude, like as 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 a modern day coach. And I think that kind of ties in. Uh, we we'll, we've got ourselves to talk about. I think that ties in a little bit to why we've not seen a lot of Bale recently. I'm not sure Bale has played more than ten minutes in a game in the last like three, four, five games. And I mm. think part of that is probably. He's, Bale's probably thinking to himself, Oh it looks like my body's not what it is. If I don't feel right, I don't feel right. But a Bell how many Bell how many minutes did Bell play for Wales? He played two nineties? In the international okay. break not long ago? Exactly. He played two so it's definitely it's definitely just Joseph doing this thing that Pogba was talking about when he's arguing, like, oh, he, like he was going against Luke Shaw and saying he's not an intelligent footballer. You can't just go against players or just have your favourites or saying everyone's gotta be a fucking Viking for you, do you know what I'm saying? Like that's, so for me, when I say man's a dinosaur, like it's, you have to just accept like, times are changing and you either change it or, or you get left in the mud. And we're mm-hmm. very much left in the fucking mud, boys.
4: Mm-hmm. And say, what, no, no, go Yeah, on. just from a, from a coaching perspective, I know, you know I was going do a bit of coaching at work and that. Um, just looking at the game since Mourinho came in to, to, to English football in '4 with, with that Chelsea team, cool. you know, the game is played higher up the pitch. You know, like, and that's why, you know, those stats like, you know, high recovery and turnover ball and all this stuff <coughs> come into it. And it's not just Barcelona, it's not, you know, that kind of tiki-taka era that we always kind of um, refer to as, like, changing the way football's played. But every team now is playing higher up the pitch, like, you know, higher defensive lines, all that kind of thing. So he's coming to Spurs and with players who are a quarter, if not a fifth, of the quality of his best team, which was, you know, John Terry, Cavallo, all them kind of guys. And he's turned around and said, what? I want you to play in the same kind of style. You know, we're playing, we're sitting back, we're, we're absorbing pressure, hitting them on the counter. Now, attacking-wise, we can hit play, we, we can actually do damage on the counter. We saw it in the Burn game, this game. Um, we can actually create a, quite a few chances, but we just don't have the personnel to, to play how football was 15 years ago, let alone even 10 years ago. You know, and so, yes, it's great because, you know, we've got a couple of ball-playing centre-backs and all this stuff. It looks great. But defensively, his his whole system, and I've been looking at it for a couple of weeks and I haven't been on the pod, just just looking at some of these recent games, I'm like, he's actually trying to force tactics, which just won't work in the modern game, which is why teams like Brighton look great against us. Why even, you know, the Fulham, you know, remember both the Fulham games have been closed for no reason. Because... We're just playing a style of football that even the lesser teams in the Premiership, which is probably the most competitive league, you know, whether it's the best or not, whatever. But in terms of you know team, a team in the top four could lose to a team who's 13th or 14th. Those kind of games um, happen quite regularly in, in, in our in our league. The game's gone beyond where he's coaching us defensively, and if he doesn't have enough to go um, and attack us, you know from a forward perspective. We're in that kind of middle and that's why our games are so boring because it's not even like it's one or the other. It's this kind of middle kind of just lukewarm just weird kind of just compromise um, between his old tactics and, and what our players inherently know works. Remember a lot of these guys were here with pots. A lot of them know that playing on the front foot brought us some of our best moments. You know, yes, we didn't win any trophies, but we were able to get you know, get things going, we were able to you know, win games in the last 10 minutes. Remember that Swansea game when we were like 3-1 down and won 4-3 or something like that, or 2-1 down and You 3-2. Mm. We scored like two goals in the last three minutes, you know, in the 90th minute. So those kind of games, you're not going to see that. You know, you're not going to see that in, in, in with the current manager. So it's a shocker, really. Um, and it's, it's alienating the likes of Ali, Bale, um, even Lucas to a certain extent earlier in the season. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to see.
2: Exactly that. Just touching on. <laughs>
4: so
3: that so for the people that are um, that are listening, but there's a picture of uh, on, right now of uh, and already celebrating a two-two draw. At Evan,
2: World Cup winner. It's, it's, it just speaks yeah. to where we are. It speaks <laughs> throw to where we are. throw everyone in the bin. Throw a everything, game in the game bin. that we were so trash, and they're celebrating. We was wow. We were a two-pack of ass tonight. Uh, but speaking of alien players, uh, there's one particular player who we're going to try and squeeze him in just before the Southampton uh, preview we can touch on. Obviously, Jose decided that Juan Foyth was better um, being in Spain under uh, Una Emery with Villarreal. Now, the thing with Foyth, so I've always just sort of thought, like, he's y- he was young, probably got a bit of his rashness from um, Uncle Lamella uh, training, but I think you can kind of afford to be that rash when you're a bit younger because you have time to iron out the mistakes, not not a 27-year-old um, Portuguese passport-holding bus mm-hmm. cup having centre-back who thinks he's not a centre-back. Um, no names. But I just want you guys to think, are we, are we making a mistake letting Juan Foyt go? Because he only has a £13 million um, like permanent fee option on the, um, on the Villarreal deal. So what, what what do you guys think on on 140? Uh, I
0: th-
3: I think going for thirty million pounds might be a bit <laughs> it's a bit underwhelming when, from our point of view. But having said that, I haven't been convinced by him. Um, you know, people were calling out Oreo for being rash. This guy, <laughs> in terms of rashness, this guy is he he has he has smallpox. <laughs> rash. I mean, this guy is <laughs> honestly. The two, the two penalties at Wolves, Crystal Palace, descending sending off at Bournemouth, was it? Nah, that nah, he he was on another level of rash. And um yes, that can be coached out of you and whatnot. But even then, I wasn't convinced by him as a centre back anyway. Um, to be honest, he has his moments. Yeah, he, he had a few decent performances, but I think letting him go for thirty million might be too little, especially considering Daniel Levy. But I'm I'm more than happy to see the back of him to be honest. though. you know, even even with our centre backs, we just need we just need to bin all of them, to be
5: honest. Every single one. Mm, I remember thinking at the time, um, that him getting the first team experience at Villarreal would actually be really, really good, but it's it's uh we've kind of jumped the gun by putting that clause in, giving them the option to buy him for such a low fee because now now we for the benefit of hindsight, we kind of look at it and think, Okay, off the back of what was a really good pre-season for him if i remember rightly he showed like a lot of the qualities he does have to offer especially like at right back which is a problem position for us um yeah he, he in hindsight he would not have done worse than what we have this season so um yeah we should have at least i guess had the option for him to just I guess come back. I feel like we loaned him out because of the homegrown quota. That like, I'm not sure we could have even registered him, even if we wanted to. But um, for him to potentially go to Villarreal, which looks like they are going to take that option, because they'd be silly not to. Then, um, yeah, it it was a bit of uh, it was a bit jumping the gun because Levy we signed him for nine million. The clause is thirty minutes. So with inflation, he's broken even. Like I, we could have got a bit more for him, regardless. If we're lucky, we can use him as a make weight for um, one of Villarreal center backs. There's one in particular that has been making a bit of noise in in Paul Torres. If if I've said his name right, if we can potentially use fourth in the make weight for that, that might be able to save or be a saving grace for us.
4: Yeah, I think I think <clears throat> fourth best games for us where you you know when he played the odd European tie um, or against lower opposition he struggled in the premiership uh, that was mm-hmm. just he, he he does have a talent he has got talent and we saw it on occasion but like um, Jack said he's too rash and he his lack of concentration and, and composure I think just doesn't suit the speed of the English game especially at the level we're trying to go to so I think you know yes he would he have probably done better for us against our grab? probably yeah you know, but we you know we don't want to play the Zagreb's. You know, we don't want to be playing those games. We want to be challenging higher up um the league and in in better European competition. So I think if we can get a better player in to, to replace him, then obviously we'll go for it. Um, which is all the best, but I do think he he was a bit limited and seeing him flourish overseas um in in a different league, a, a slower league. Um, there is a bit more time on the ball. You know, he's not going to get he doesn't have to face the type of midfields that um, that he would face in, in England, um, week in, week out, you know, obviously there's some top players out in Spain um, but I think he's probably thrived off, you know, a bit of a slower pace to it um, but in terms of, you know, someone's just put, you know, who do we want to sign for spreads, in terms of replacements? The there's a centre-back I've been looking at for the past couple of years uh, from the, he plays out in um, Bayern Leverkusen so I know I put in a group chat, Jonathan Tarr German centre-back, I think he's Market rate is about 18 million at the moment. And from what I saw at the World Cup, uh, not World Cup, the Euros a couple of years ago, <coughs> um, looked decent. Um, I think it'd be a better upgrade on pretty much all of our players. Uh, um, you look at some of like Anderson, I think there's talk about Anderson from Fulham, I think it is. Um, mate, money's going to be tight, but if we can get at least one decent centre back in and maybe see what we can get out of Toby for one more season because um, Toby is our best centre-back, isn't he? So, go from there.
3: You just know it's going to be Vestigar, didn't you? You just know that. Oh, yeah.
4: Gonna yeah,
2: yeah, 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 we know that. Yeah, we know that. It'll be Vestigar. Joshy.7, I assume you're a Wolves fan, but we appreciate the the questions nonetheless. So I'm going to try and answer uh, your three questions in one sweep. So your first question was, what do you think of Wolves this season? I think they're fucking pricks for selling us number two cause for $14.7 Because when Paul Merson, I remember Paul Merson was like, oh, why have they let him go for so cheap? And history tells that if Paul Merson disagrees with an opinion, the opinion is probably right. So that's the first thing I think. <laughs> do. Um, do I think they'll be relegated and beat Sheffield United? No, I don't think they're going to be relegated. Um, I think the relegation battle will be very interesting, but no, I don't think Wolves will go down. And hope, but if Wolves did go down, I would love to have Pedro Neto off them. I think he's a baller. Um, very unlucky with his injury recently. Um, so there's been a bit of talk about you know the way it's obviously we've spoken at one for and some people are saying he should have had his chance, should have, maybe shouldn't have had his chance, and the way his development has gone is quite similar to Carl Walker Peters, who we are probably facing uh, at some point next week. So. Uh, with regards to that, Southampton, 14th in the league. Their recent run of results haven't looked too tasty. Got cooked 3 0. Actually, I might have just lied. They got cooked 3 0 by Sam Allardyce's boys. I think that guy, Kyle uh, Robinson, actually scored his first Premier League goals that went against Chelsea. Fun fact. So they just got beat by West Brom. They're going to have one eye on the semi final um, against. Actually, they'd have just played their semi final against Leicester. So, how do you boys think the Southampton game is gonna go, Jack?
3: (sighs) I don't want to see a back three. I don't want to ever see that again um, because it's not worked this season. What has worked is been a back four primarily, um, even though neither are working right now. Um, I'm hoping to see Toby and Toby and Jacket centre back. That that would be ideal, but I think is I think he's gonna go with I think he's gonna go dire again. You know, I think he's fed up with Sanchez to be honest. Um, number two, he might he might feature. I think number two is probably gonna feature as a fallback, <laughs> not a right back. Um, uh, I think Regulon will be dropped. You know, I have a feeling that we saw we saw for the um, for um, second goal, um, him jogging back um, before getting. Before getting to the cross, and he, he had an atrocious performance that game. Anyway, he was rightfully taken off. I think Josie will see that, and Josie will see the lack of urgency from him as well, and lack of chasing down the ball. He'll probably pay Benjamin there. I think. Um, I think Benjamin will feature off. Um, and yeah, I think I can't see Ndombele playing this game. I, I think I think GLC will feature with Koibia um, in that midfield again. Ndombele was was poor, and Josie will. Um, he'll see that he'll he'll see that more than he'll see other players definitely and yeah um, Kane definitely won't feature um, I think Bale Vinny and potentially more up, up front I think he might wreck and Kane for the final I think he will put always he, he's going to have to it's our only important game of the season now we don't have it. all, all the other games are dead rubber so he's going to have to play a weakened squad so I think Bale, Vinny, and either Bergwine or Moura, um, one of them will feature. Um, it's going to be a very weak inside, and yeah, uh, I'm not optimistic about it, but yeah.
2: Don't blame, it, so. don't blame me in the slightest. I think we didn't say it when we touched on Everton, but just quick show of hands, did anyone else not think it was a penalty? Because I think Reguilón was rash with his running direction, but Hammers was on his way down, and he kicked the floor. Reguilón's not actually touched him before he hit the ground, but I'm um, probably i like it it doesn't really matter because he didn't deserve to win. But I don't know, I don't know if you man thought it was a pen or not.
4: Yeah, I do I don't think it was, but <clears throat> you know, it's it is rash from from rugby on and he's been off off the ball since he's come out from his injury. Um I think we can we can safely say he's lost the impetus that he had in the first half of the season. Um in both directions, defensively and attacking wise. Um he seems to be a little bit more hesitant on the ball. Um, and he's definitely not pressing and, and, and you know putting the opposition under pressure as he was, um, and then that could be a tactical thing. It could be the fact that he's got so many different partners next to him. You know he's had you know Sanchez. This is this is our seventeenth centre back partnership um, in thirty two games this season.
0: That's,
4: That's over half the games we've had a different centre back partnership. Do you know what I mean for for anyone in any sport? Defensively, you know it's all about combinations and partnerships. Um, if you can't build any of that, and I think he'll ring the changes for the Southampton game as well. Um, I actually think we will see Santes. I think we we'll see Santos and Rodon, or Santos and Dyer. Um, I think he'll keep Toby on ice, hopefully, for the final. Um, yeah, and don't see him playing midweek. Um, it'll be Lasalso, Mora, probably play Lamella, Son, and Vinny. And and fill filling the gaps really. I'm hoping number two um, is injured for the rest of the season. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm, you guys no, know, no, nothing,
2: nothing too heavy, nothing too strenuous, but just enough. just
4: Jess. Don't want to see you back in training. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't rate him at all, as you guys know. Um, but yeah, number two the man who will not be named. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he should play. But it's, it's, do we stick with Serge for the next couple of games? Is Serge going to play three games in a week? Or is he going to give Tanganga a chance in the final? I think he was going to give Tanganga a chance in the final because he just seems to be a bit more defensively assured against trickier players. And we've seen it in his first game Liverpool. In all the big games that he's played in, he's probably been one of our better players. Um, if still, he has a bit of food deficiencies. deficiencies. Um, and again, it's all about who's next to him. Now, when he's got Toby next to him or he's got, you know, a leader in defence, Jaffa looks even better than he actually is, um, or then then we know he can play. Um, but still, when he's got a cover for Sanchez and do, you know, all the legwork for two players, it's a lot of things. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's going to be a bit of a mishmash and a game that we'll all be forced to watch because we have that sick compulsion for the club.
2: Indeed, there's definitely an element of sadomasochism when supporting Tottenham Hotspur. Um, So, Owen, can you give me a score prediction, please, for Southampton?
5: Um, I'll go for... I feel quite numb going into this game, to be honest. Um, For me, I'll just be interested to see how we do it without Kane because I have no doubt he's going to be rested. But I'll go for um, maybe a messy and undeserved 2-2 draw.
2: Two two sounds fair. Jack, what about you?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll say a draw as so well. I'll say probably a one one. No game, no game, really. Score draw. We're we going
2: for a score draw, Hat
4: trick, Dave? Nope, oh, I think we're gonna lose this game. Um I think Danny is gonna have his way with our defence. Um two one to Southampton unfortunately. Um it'd be great if we have a win before before Sunday, um, because I do feel like we're gonna get pummeled on Sunday. <laughs> um but now I, I can see Southampton just you know just having a good day against us, you know, and just really exposing some of these deficiencies that Newcastle exposed. <sighs> Come on, you know. So I think it's going to be two-one loss, and then we see what happens on Sunday.
2: I, I'm, I'm actually inclined to. I've, I don't think I've ever given a loss as my prediction, but I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I think we're going to lose two-one. Um, I think Vinny's going to get a goal, probably smash it from four yards, and then celebrate like Mbappe. But I quite like that he does that, to be fair. I. I quite enjoy it. I have no issue with him celebrating. Oh, I like him. I like him. I have no problem with that. Um, I think if Benjamin plays, I think Phil Walcott is just going to done his dance in 100 metres. Um, I think Danny Ings is, is going to try and get on that Europlane and shoot like shoot, shoot. And Ward Prowse will just probably pop at top bins from 27 yards. i forgot that. He always has his best game against us. He, he loves it. He, he loves him. it. And Kyle Walker-Peters is, is he, he's gonna want to show up as well, obviously. Um, so yeah, just to uh, let's just hope Spurs don't, you know. Let's just, just please. All we ask is just not to be disgraced. You know, we had we had a sponsor disgrace us the other day. You know, we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to paint over some cracks as they. Uh, say. Thank you very much. I've been trying to do that for about an hour and twenty minutes. Um, but yeah, so that's thank you for listening to this week's episode of Touchline Hotspur. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, that is Spurs underscore Touchline. Follow the Instagram as well, also is Spurs underscore Touchline. Um, obviously the YouTube as well. Follow Touchline Fracker for the YouTube. Uh, you have the Spurs specific playlist. Join us on the Discord next week. Um, for there will probably be one for Southampton. There will absolutely be one for the uh, for the final because not necessarily just to listen to us talk about Spurs but it's more for people to sip the blood of their enemies if I'm being really honest with you um, I've been your host Ohio at Ohio V1 Dave Owen Jack thank you very much Juicy Jeff It says I'm terry- terrified about the Man City game as are we my friend as are we and thank you very much boys take it easy
0: on debut, Tongue Longzong Bene has got the equalizer for spoil. out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Kirkbine has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.